This is Body Talk, where we explore your inner universe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next edition of Body Talk. And today we have a very special show. I know I say that a lot, but it's true a lot of the time, too. We're going to be talking to a good friend of mine who recently made a big difference for a woman and her baby suffering in Ukraine. She's a fellow structural integrator and much, much more. I'm talking about my friend Liz Stewart. I hope this story inspires all of you. Let's just get right to it on this week's Body Talk. Hi, welcome to this week's special edition of Body Talk. And today we're talking to my friend and friend of the show, Liz Stewart, who found an amazing, innovative way to connect and help out in Ukraine. And Liz, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Tell us what you did. Well, hey, David, thanks for having me on today. Well, let me start out with the fact that my grandfather escaped Ukraine. Uh, he escaped from the pogroms uh, and he was a Jewish Ukrainian. So I grew up identifying partially as Ukrainian on one side of my family and then other portions of Eastern Europe. So what got me um, fascinated here was that I was on the structural integration Facebook page, which about two weeks ago, someone posted a note that said they realized this wasn't about structural integration. However, they have a friend who has a friend in Ukraine. So it was that kind of a... Um, and, and this was the Facebook page, right? This was on the Facebook page. Okay. So my friend's friend is in Ukraine, is basically what the message said. She's got a three-month-old baby. She's in Kiev. The baby's not eating. And the baby really needs some help. Is there anybody out there in our field that would be open to helping? And I watched the post for a couple of hours. I, I saw it as I was in and out on Facebook and people were responding, oh, call this person, call that person, these different birth experts. And I just thought, well, I work with babies. I've worked with babies and moms uh, for over 25 years. Why don't I at least volunteer? It might give me some meaning because with this war, how do I contribute in a way that feels meaningful? So I wrote and I said, I'm happy to help, along with uh, a couple of other people wrote in, a, a rolfer from Atlanta, Georgia, who I believe had done some uh, training and works with uh, babies also. And then a anatomy trains practitioner who was the person that uh, began the thread. with the help of a wonderful, wonderful woman named Svetlana, who's Russian, who's in Princeton, New Jersey, who acted as our translator, uh, we became this team. And basically what happened was uh, Svetlana's friend, Irina, in Ukraine uh, was struggling and reached out to her friend in America. Well, we began to interact with the mom only to learn that the baby whose name is Mark, three months old, 
hadn't eaten at that point for over 20 hours, this specific rendition of him not eating. They were in Kyiv and there's um, guns going off and I believe bombing going off and the mom is panicking and the baby is, appears in videos looking quite frozen. And so once we had an assessment, an assessment or had some information, what we gathered was that the baby had a possible tongue tie, which means that the tongue is not able to move in relationship to uh, nursing in a way that's productive and nutritious for the baby. There was clearly shock in the baby. There was shock, assumed shock with the mom. And then of course, a lack of nutrition for the, the infant. So what do we do? And for the, our little team, we each had different skills. So the anatomy trains practitioner, whose name is Bobby, she really focused on nutrition. And the rolfer named Michael was focusing on getting the baby to respond. And so I took the mom and I also took on the translator because She's Russian from Russia and really supporting her Ukrainian friend. And it felt like something was off uh, in each department. So I took on um, this idea that perhaps using some of the work I know with structural integration, with polyvagal work, with Keir Schumacher's work with the nervous system, I made a video first for the translator that she would then translate. I would walk her through these steps and she would then translate this to so her. So you made a video of self-work for the mother? Self-care, yeah. Okay. yeah. Basically mm -hmm. working to help her with tension in her neck, in her body mostly, in her ability to drop down a notch and mostly for this Russian translator to understand that for something good to take place, the translator and I needed to feel connected. So the co-regulation. And then this Russian translator, Svetlana, translated this whole piece and sent it off to the mom, Irina, in, in Kyiv. And so that was video number one. Then got some good feedback on that, which was a, a big relief. Uh, and it was wonderful to understand how Svetlana, the translator, really got some value from that experience because she is also having to uh, be on the side of the Russian that is not for this war. So she was also having a lot of response. The next step was to see the baby and we were sent pictures of the baby and the mom and to understand more about how the mom has been with the baby. And so the next video I made, these are very short videos and they're really not great by any means, but they were good enough. They got the job done. This wasn't for yes. professional broadcast. No, so I made another video of how I might encourage her to work with the tongue tie and what I would do with her, what she could do with her hands inside the baby's mouth and that went over so-so, it wasn't great. And then Mike came in from Atlanta and started to, he made a video, which the mom was able to follow of getting the baby to follow her finger 
back and forth and with very gentle touching to the baby's face. And the baby responded, the baby started to follow the mother's finger so much that the mom made a video to send back to us, which was just wonderful. Meanwhile, Facebook is shutting down and it's very hard to communicate. And the next day, although the baby had responded, they were back to the baby not eating. The mom force feeding the baby, which wasn't working. And so the next step I felt was to find an expert on, is there something else we're missing? And so I reached out to my friend, John Wilkes at eHealth Learning, and who's a published author who's worked extensively with babies. And we have cultivated a friendship over the years. And I said, John, could you help? And he said, quite lovingly, I could help, but I think there's someone better than me. That would be John. Yeah. Let me get you connected to this man named Thomas Harms. He's in Bremen, Germany. So he writes to Thomas, uh, I don't hear back from Thomas. And so I then write him also. And the email is not working. I send him my WhatsApp phone number. And just as things are meant to be, he calls me on the only break that I have that day. Nice. And we get each other just long enough. We only have a few minutes to discover that we have, we can talk tomorrow, the next day. But the only time he has free, unbelievably again, is the only time I have free, which is wonderful. So Mm -hmm. we meet on Zoom Mm -hmm. with Svetlana, the translator. And Thomas explains to us a few things, basically, which feel impossible. And he says so. He says, I think this is going to be very difficult. It's, it's important to be in the room so that you can really monitor what's happening. And I said, well, I don't know that that's clearly not an option. So what, 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 was, what, was, what was he showing? So uh, what he explained first was that the mother's mother needs to co-regulate, which is so that the idea, as I would describe it, is that the baby and the mother don't know they're separate from each other, which is- And this baby is three hope. months old? How old is the baby? Baby's three and a half months old. Okay. But for some reason, mom has separated and baby must feel lost. Mom is dealing with another child, uh, having to figure out how to escape Kiev. So there's some something that's not matching up right now. So, Thomas explains the importance of the mom and the baby being together through their breath. And he describes a type of breathing where we want to monitor the baby on the mother, belly to belly, with with a breathing technique so that they are in sync with each other in the breath. And the key that he felt was critical was one of us be with the mother, which was impossible in person, because someone has to be able to nuance and really fine-tunely track or watch when the mother might start thinking about something else or the mother might get scared or the mother might check out a certain way or there's something that is different uh, to bring the mom back to the breathing and to the baby. 
And he felt that would be very challenging. The other thing that he really wanted us to learn was something that he would call the butterfly touch. The butterfly touch is a type of touch that he described that would go down the, um, the either side of the spine, just to keep it easy as far as description. Kind and of a soothing touch, kind of. Yes, exactly. Very soothing, but as if a butterfly was gently landing on your skin and, and going down either side of the spine. That same touch could wrap around the shoulders and the arms. That same touch could be used on the face. I would believe we didn't have enough time almost anywhere on the baby's body. So these were the two tasks at hand and he did emphasize that this would be difficult. He was also quite generous and said, I'm gonna send you some videos of me teaching and some videos to watch of the mother. And so we were able to watch those, which I did. I shared them with uh, Svetlana, the translator, so that she could begin translating them, which she did, to send to Arena, the mom in Ukraine. At this point, a couple of things had happened now. Um, the baby wasn't eating, they're stuck in Kyiv, and nothing's happening. And I'm very insistent, almost to a fault of, you have to leave. You have to get medical help. This baby needs to have nutrition. And all the encouragement to feed this baby wasn't really helping because I don't actually think that was the issue. I think it was the shock and trauma of the event. My own opinion, though. Yeah. I'm not the expert. Yeah. No, so I was very adamant. A reasonable hypothesis. Yeah. And also, to be honest, I was scared. I was scared for her. And I'm a mom. And I'm a in an immigrant family. And so everything inside of me was have to leave now. I made this recording. Well, next little miracle was they got out and they had to drive through war, through violence, through a lot of sounds that were quite disruptive. However, the minute they got into the car with the vibration of the car, I believe the baby started to nurse. And the mother had sense of the vibration helping and knowing where the sounds were coming from. It was quite obvious they were right outside the car. And off they fled to Lviv, which they arrived in safely. But then Mark wasn't nursing again. And so I thought, well, what else can I do? I'm gonna borrow a baby in my neighborhood. And I happened to live in a neighborhood with a few babies so I called up a neighbor and said, could you help me make a film? So she comes over and now it's the perfect storm because I'm in the room with this mom and baby and I'm gonna teach her about the breathing and about the touch and everything that could go wrong with this baby did. So it was just perfect because Got to see, yes, yes. I got to see real life. And mm -hmm. I know working with babies, babies don't, don't chill out just because we ask them to. That's right. So what happens next is mom gets on my, on my table and attempts to put belly to belly and the baby immediately rejects it. And so I had to be creative. And I said, instead of lying down, come sit up. And the baby refused the belly to belly. And this is also a baby that had tongue tie that I worked with starting at three weeks old. So the baby knew me, the mom knows me. So I said, turn the baby around and face the camera. So the, so Irina on the other side of this 
of the world can watch you and hold the, ba the baby's belly and feel the breath going in and out. And you become the back, you, you give the baby your back. Uh, you, you make a safe back for this baby with your belly. So now her hand was responding to the baby's breathing and her belly was responding also on the other side to make a container was my idea. And she did this and then I sat down with the baby and I detailed it out a little bit more. And we sent that off to the translator who translated it and sent it to the mom. And the baby and mom responded a little bit. And then the final thing I ended up doing was I, I met through a friend, a young Russian woman, a 20 year old who lives near me. And I asked her if she would help me make a recording for the mom. And on this recording, I then spoke slowly, but with a different tone of giving the mom the feeling of what we're looking for. Of, you know, when you are holding your baby, don't worry about what the baby does. And you see how my voice is changing as I'm speaking. That's you to want you. to get, yeah. How do you, how do you stay good with yourself? How do you stay yeah. sympathetic? So and I'm big old work, exactly. I'm working with my own nervous system. Yeah. And the key is that you, you mainly pay attention to your breath with the baby's breath as you do this touch. And the translator began the whole conversation with me speaking and her translating, uh, where I said, hi, I'm Liz, I'm here with Lisa, who is Russian, who's gonna translate. And then Lisa said in Russian, I'm happy to be here with you and I'm the translator and I'm gonna do my best to speak slowly so you can understand me. And then we just went in with the tone being the key factor. And it was after that video that we found out that the baby began to respond. And as of now, the baby's eating and they are safe, relatively safe. And you know, sadly, the next step is, does the father have to go back to fight? And that's what they're waiting to hear. But in the meantime, that's probably the case. I mean, I know right now that basically if you're a man and you're able-bodied, uh, you have to stay in country. Yes. So women so, and children can go to Poland, but you got to stay and protect yourself. So that, protect that's your what they're um, arranging now. And I guess the final thing for me, David, is that I, I feel like I really helped somebody. Yeah. And it was... Many people have the ability to send money, which I probably could send money, but for me, I want to touch somebody. Yes. Uh, it, because that, that's what we do, we touch. And so right. can we touch from a distance? And I ended up writing to a, a pen pal of mine that I've known since sixth grade, and I'm gonna be 60 this year, so we have a relationship. Mm -hmm. She is a Hasidic Jew in Brooklyn. Oy. And, and although I am not a religious person, we are friends, we've, we've maintained a friendship. And she wrote me back after I shared the story. And she's told me that the sages say that when you help one person, you help the world. Yes. Which in a way you're even doing with your podcast. Every time somebody listens to your podcasts, you know, something happens to each Thank of you. Them. Thank you. Thank you. Throwing that in because we're friends, and you know I love yeah. you. And, um, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's um. It's amazing how many more opportunities we have to connect now. 
unlike we never have before. And I want to bring this up too, because some of you may not have heard this one, uh, but you talked about sending money. Something that happened very spontaneously uh, for Ukraine happened on Airbnb. And what people were doing is they were mostly from UK, Canada, and the US. They were going and they were renting uh, all the spaces they could find in Ukraine on Airbnb because that money goes directly to the hosts. So, and Airbnb realized they woke up one morning in March and said, oh my God, we're booked out in Ukraine for months and months and months. And they made a corporate decision to waive all of their fees for people who are renting rooms in Ukraine. And that money is going straight to those individuals, which is another really awesome thing that, that would not have been possible a few years ago. And, and another way to help. There's always, always a way to help if you're motivated and if you're brave. You took that step forward, Liz. And I just, I want to take a second here and acknowledge that, that you're like, yeah, this is a little scary, but I'm going to step in and do something because I believe I can do something. And you figured it out and you helped and you made a difference. And that's what it's about at the end of the day. Thank you. And you know, it wasn't without a lot of emotion. Of course. Really something to uh, not know and to trust that whatever you're doing might have an it might have an impact and then to hear that it did and yeah. it comes back home it feels very good knowing that um there's a child out there and a mother that could have had a very different reality yeah and yeah. you changed you changed the world for those two people so well a group is, of us did and i just want to say that because that's true that's true there was yes it was more than just you that's true a, a wonderful team lastly I want to end today's show with a quote from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Recently, he was being interviewed, and one of the people there asked him how he was doing. And he responded with the following. Zelensky said, my life today is wonderful. I believe that I am needed. I think that's the most important sense of life, to believe that you are needed, that you are not just an emptiness that breathes and walks and eats something. Liz, thank you for dropping by and sharing this story. I hope it inspires. All right, we'll catch you in again later. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks again for tuning in and please don't touch that dial. I really want to thank you. Today's economy is so much about attention. We live in the time of an attention economy and I just want to thank each and every one of you listening for making the time to pay attention to this podcast, Body Talk with David Lasondak. It means so much to me. And if you'd like to show your support, you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash bodytalkradio. You can leave a review. Give it five stars wherever you get podcast reviews. Leave a longer review. Leave a narrative review. Drop me a DM. Let me know how much you're enjoying the show. Those notes that I get from you really mean a lot to me. You can also send me a message at bodytalkdavid at gmail.com. 
I love hearing stories about how the show has impacted you. And I also love how many of you tell me you share them with your clients and patients. I think that's fantastic. And I just want to thank each and every one of you for listening and continuing to support the show in whatever way that you can. I'll see you next time here on Body Talk.